Hi, welcome to Respawn Aim Fire. This is episode 156, yes, 56, 156 of the Kick-Ass Irreverent Gaming Podcast from Affable Idiots. My name is Holden DePardo, and I'm here with Chad Michael Innes. A hip, a hop, I always forget your name, thank you for reminding me. You're welcome. (laughs) And we've got the dreamiest fan base of all time joining us from all over the world. Every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern... Mostly Cambodia. Yeah, it's true. 100% factually correct. Every, every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, put us in your ears with your favorite podcast service, or put us in your eyes by searching for Respawn Aim Fire on YouTube. Uh, that's right. We've gotten into the third dimension with two-dimensional video. Yeah. And if you want to add the fourth dimension of time, you can do that by watching us record it live on twitch.tv slash Some people might be doing that right now, right actually. Now. Every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, which is right now, like we're doing right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Affable Idiots, which we'll tell you about later on in hey. the episode. That's it for the housekeeping. We're going to be starting off with Game Court. <laughs> Hold, please. <laughs> Attorney-based strategy for determining game character guilt. Every week we put your favorite video game characters and villains on trial for the heinous crimes they've committed. Chad and I will argue for and against the defendant, and it's up to you to decide on Twitter the following days the fate of said character. But we got good news. We've been doing this, what, four or five weeks now? That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, The streets are safe. No one's one's in danger. There's there's no criminals. It's, it's, It's a miracle. Anytime, it's the hard work that. Uh, yes. You go ahead. Yes. Uh, oh, it's a wonderful, wonderful situation to be in. There are there's no criminals. We're all sheltered in place, mm-hmm. and all the criminals have decided to also shelter in place in prison. Um, speaking of prison, last week we put Pac-Man <laughs> on trial for terrorizing and something else, uh, uh, a ghost eating it. I don't know, devouring cannibalism. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you guys decided that my argument sucked. Was it because I made it up on the spot and I couldn't remember whether I was the defense or the prosecution? Maybe that had something to do with it. But yeah, 80 to 20% said um, he's guilty. So Pac-Man's going to jail, everybody, for a very long time. I don't know. I'm sure you're fine. It's just that people like to see heads roll on the show for some reason. It's funny because Pac-Man's only a head and he doesn't roll. He glides. Well, they like to see heads glide in this context. Unless, glide, not unless glide. whenever he wins, whenever or not wins, but whenever he dies, his mouth opens, opens up and goes, and it kind of folds up like a banana peel. Oh yeah, that's right. Like, like goes like the opposite direction. Which, yep. Honestly, that sounds really painful. It does. Like, it's, it's like someone go. rips it's, your jaw open. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that screenshot of um, the screenshot from Last of Us that I texted you guys that I was so proud that I made. That said. It was the the giant clicker, and it's like coronavirus, and then it's Joel getting his face pulled in half, and it said everything that I love. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens to Pac-Man. But yeah, I forgot to uh, come up with a game court, and then at uh, 5.04 Pacific time, 8.04 Eastern time, a.k.a. 14 minutes ago, I said, fuck, I forgot game court this week. It happens. But in my defense and Holden's prosecution, he did not remind me, so... <laughs> Five of four rolled Final around, and he was like, Ugh. "That's exactly." I mean, that's one hundred percent the reason why I didn't do anything because I've been playing Final Fantasy VII. Spoilers: <laughs> I also made up uh, Game on Game Show about three minutes before we called each other as well, because I've been playing Final Fantasy VII, and that's what we're going to talk about a ton today. Can't wait! What's up, everybody? Love you. Yeah, we'll be doing a uh, playtime pretty much immediately. We both played Final Fantasy VII, although Chad played a lot more of Final Fantasy VII. 
Before we get into that, though, things to look forward to in the episode. We'll be talking about Animal Crossing being banned in China. Thank Cyberpunk God. Cyberpunk <laughs> <laughs> Back to the fucking Cyber- on animal, animal Crossing. Taking a big old shit on that shit. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 DLC. That dual sense controller. We're going to have all of our thoughts uh, on that. Uh, and then maybe some essential games to play during quarantine. But before we get into that and Final Fantasy VII, Chad... Beat Saber Fitbeat. What the hell is that? Mm, Beat Saber this week announced and released a new track specifically developed for uh, for fitness. So it's intended to get your heart rate up, get you squatting, moving around. And it's called Fitbeat. And it's about two minutes long. And it is a jam, my sir. The song itself is not, not something you would listen to outside of Beat Saber. It's like, everybody move to the left, left, everybody move oh. to the right, and squat, up, and squat. So, so it's like, it's a techno version, basically, of Jane Fonda's workouts. And uh, Do you take one step one time? Uh, no. Like slide to the right? Slide ever? to the left. No. <laughs> but it is, there. it does a lot more with obstacles. You know, obstacles in Beat Saber, you have usually like the walls that come. Yeah, the barriers. Squat under. Bombs yeah. to not hit, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. But this it has barriers fucking everywhere. So you're constantly like ducking and moving to the left and squatting and all this kind of shit. And it's it gets your heart going, sir. And of course, as, as good at Beat Saber as I am. Uh, and let's how just fit say, you are. And how fit I am. Haven't moved in two months. <laughs> um, I uh, S-ranked it on my second try on Expert. Yeah, I'm that good. And then I played it in the 90-degree level, which is like, kind of coming from all sides. And that was significantly harder. Took a lot longer to get that. And then I said, let's do faster speed song, too. So I played it on whatever it is, like one and a half speed or whatever it is. I'm getting good. I'm getting good, Holden. You've always been good at Beat Saber. I know, not I me. know. But then I just, I took six weeks and didn't do Beat Saber at all. It was more like seven weeks, <clears throat> and I came back. Wait, you make it seem like you you didn't want to. You couldn't. You literally couldn't. I know. I literally couldn't. But then this time I did, yeah. and uh, it's good. Anyway, yeah, this song it, ever, it makes me sweat more than any other song. You're legit like doing squats and shit like that. It's good. Do you ever find that sometimes if you stop doing something for a while and then you go back to it, you're like you somehow feel better than you were before. Uh, yes. Sorry, I just looked at the chat and Porkchop 118 yt says, hey, it's my dad's. Plural dads. I don't know if that was a typo when he meant to say dudes. Hey, it's my dudes, but I guess we're his dads now. He's young <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yes, it's like riding a bike, except for you stop riding the bike and then you come back to the bike and suddenly it's a motorcycle. And then you're Lance Armstrong. Oh, or it's a motorcycle, I yeah, guess. There's that. Exactly. Two ways it could go. Like the motorcycle chase in Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. Speaking of Final Fantasy VII, too. yes, I played... Uh, he says he meant what he said. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I played Final Fantasy VII Remake for 20 hours and 15 minutes over the last 48 hours. Ooh, wow. Um, worth every second I spent on it. Uh, but before we talk about that, I want to talk real quick about your stupid New Horizons Animal Crossing shit that you decided was more important than Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, I played more Animal Crossing this weekend than the Final Fantasy VII's. So, all right, here's the thing. There are two events this weekend on Animal Crossing. Technically, one ended as well, though. So three events were prominent this weekend. Yeah, one of them Cherry was a stupid-ass Easter Bunny event that I hated. Those stupid <laughs> eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I decided on Saturday that I didn't really give a shit about the Easter Bunny stuff anymore. I was going to go for all the recipes, but I decided not to. But they also had a fishing tournament 
on Saturday. And I usually really like the fishing tournaments, but I got to say, Animal Crossing, fucking up the events. Like, so far, none of the events have been appealing to me at at all. So, <laughs> but it's like, I talked, wanted to talk about Final Fantasy VII, not Animal Crossing, a little bit longer. Just a little bit wrong, longer, Brent, okay? <laughs> Um, so just really quickly the thoughts there are it used to be the fishing tournament that you just had to catch the the rarest fish and that would get you the most points and you're competing against the villagers in your town and you get like a golden trophy at the end of it or something like that that was fun i liked it it felt like it was kind of part of a community this is some obnoxious dude named cj who's an otter that talks in i'm one who likes blathers cj talks fucking way too much stupid owl <laughs> <laughs> but cj's he talks way longer than he should. He, in order to, the tournament structure is you talk to him, he gives you three minutes to catch however many fish you can, and then you go back to him, sell those fish to him for a higher price, and you accumulate points. And the points lets you just get special fish, fish tournament items that I ultimately realized I don't care because I'm not going to have a fishing room in my house. I'm not going to do that. So... Like, that was kind of disappointing there. But seriously, after you do one of those three-minute challenges, the next time you have to talk to him and determine what you're going to do with your fish, then you stop talking to him. Then you have to start talking to him again for one other reason, and then it stops, and you have to talk to him again a third time just to join the tournament again and do another three-minute round. That's how I felt oh whenever God. I wanted to fly to one of your islands. It was like, God, i got to fucking talk to this dodo bird for nine years before I can finally get somewhere. <laughs> Yes, I want to connect I, yeah, to the that, internet. Yes, I want to find a friend. Yes, a best friend. Yes, Holden. <laughs> yes, I know that's the name of his island. Take me there. Yes, let's go there. Take me there. I want to go there. In the context of the tournament, it got really frustrating. And to make it worse, combining this tournament with, with Bunny Day means that I try to cl- collect as many fish as possible in three minutes, but there's stupid fucking eggs popping up. Yep, stupid water <laughs> that eggs. don't count. <laughs> and the timer is still going as you do the whole, like, look, I found an egg. I, th- and then it says, this isn't a fish, so we'll just put it in your pocket. It won't count towards a new fish. So, like, the timer is still going, and that took 15 seconds out of my three minutes. Really, really frustrating. I'm hoping future events aren't that bad. A lot of people on Reddit and Twitter I've seen really hated the events as well, including the fishing event. So I think Nintendo's going to listen to this one, but we'll talk more about Animal Crossing later on. I have some more thoughts to share then, too. But until then, Final Fantasy VII, Chad, you played 20 hours. Yep, I played 20 hours. You must hate it. I am, I think I'm about halfway through Chapter 11. Which oh, you're I, almost done. No, 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 no. I think I'm about halfway through the game. When I looked at all the reviews and things like that, they're saying it's about 40 hours. I thought there was only like... I looked up how many chapters there were, and unless I checked, there was 13. No, uh, there's at least 17, because I'm like keeping an eye like a, a an eye on the trophy guide, making sure that like I'm getting some things I'm supposed to be getting, mm-hmm. because I'm going to platinum this game for 100%. Um, and where are you? How, how many hours slash what chapter are you in? I am about four and a half hours in chapter three. Okay, okay. So I'm not that far at all. I'm at basically the point in the game where, and this is very common in JRPG structure, you do the really cool, amazing intro, and then it slows the hell down to say, hey, here's the world. Here's some materia. This little girl lost her cats. Do you want to help her find her cat? I'm in that part of the game right yeah. now. And I know I'm there. I know it's going to be slow. 
Um, so I don't have too much to like talk about. I don't really have much to say about the game because I don't think I've put in enough time to really be like, yeah, Final Fantasy VII sucks. It's been slow as hell lately. I get that it's going to be slow right now. But I actually have to admit that the slower part of the game is interesting because I like the world. Yeah. So far, I like the world a lot. I really love that they're developing this world out. It's the steampunk, same steampunk, Midgar, look at an aesthetic, all that kind mm-hmm. of fun stuff that we had from the original. Uh, and they are fleshing it the fuck out, as you can see from Sector 7. Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> That's all, all right these Holy side shit. quests, all these little <laughs> tiny winding roads and all these things, like exploring the city that it, it was not there to begin with. Uh, I'm going to caveat this by saying it's been literally like 15 years since... Um, since I played this game, the original game, and I played it literally on a PS1, and the third disc had a scratch on it, which means there was a certain dungeon. It was a side dungeon, mm. thank God, that if I tried to go in the dungeon, the game would freeze. Everything else yep. worked totally fine, but... Uh, yeah, so Brent I played says, this game... Brent is on the second reactor, and it's picking up from there. How far away am I from that, Chad? Well, it depends on if you do all the side quests and everything like that. Second reactor, I think it, that Mako reactor is chapter five, I think. So okay. the Mako 5 reactor. Six is where you actually do all of it. Getting to the reactor is, is the fifth chapter. Chapter. Okay, gotcha. I feel like I'm at the very end of chapter three then. Anyway, I just wanted to jump in there for that. Gotcha. Um, yes, I'm enjoying this game a shit ton. It is everything that I wanted. I literally had the thought this morning as I was thinking about playing it today. Not even playing it yet, but thinking about playing it. I was like, I can't believe this is ha- like this is real. Like me as a kid, this is literally like dreaming that this would ever be a thing was insane to me. But watching like Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, the movie that they made, and I was like, oh God, this is so cool. What if the whole game was like this? It'll never be like that. And I'm fucking playing it, Holden. I can't believe this is real life. It's gorgeous, absolutely 100% gorgeous, except for like occasionally you'll like the door to your apartment. Yep. Is a PS1 texture so that bad. they just forgot, I guess, to swap. Or it literally looks like they forgot about it. Yeah. There's no way that was their intended. Like the door, that's fine. It looks great. Yep. There's but no then way. Everything else around it, the door frame, the <laughs> windows, the rest of the world looks gorgeous. Uh you'll ca- occasionally come across things like that, like walls of certain places or a sign that will be like, wow, this is obviously super pixelated. And it's a, a low res texture that they swapped in here, but I think also if you look pretty close, and this is I'm playing on the original PS4. You're on a PS4 Pro. I feel like with my experience so far, some areas look good too. If you look closely, you're like that sign doesn't look super great. And then I kind of realized that it's not that uncommon that things don't look that great if you get really close to them. Yeah, it's more that the art direction is really really strong and the lighting has been really strong so far. And the character, and the character models. models. Oh my god, the character models yeah. are incredible. Well, Main, I should say, main character models. Yes, the some main of the character sides, models. <laughs> yeah, some of the side quest characters are really funny with just like their mouths don't like seem to open and close properly when they're talking. Yep, it's very yeah, it's beyond a, it's beyond the uncanny valley. It definitely is not real. Yep, <laughs> but Cloud, Tifa, Barrett, everyone else looks amazing. So good. I'm loving every second of it. In fact, I got to the end of the demo, the the end of the demo content. At, where you kill the scorpion at the end of the Final Fantasy VII demo. And I texted the group and was like, I just got to the end of the demo. This is game of the year. Like, I had already played that already. But at the end, I was like, oh my God, this game is amazing. I, was like, I knew it was good because I played that segment before, but it was already game of the year. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII demo, game of the year. Uh, no, I don't know if it's going to be game of the year for me, but I've, I'm enjoying the shit out of it. I There are a couple of things. 
so far in my 20 hours with it that are like keeping it from perfection. They're not, they're not things that should keep you from playing it uh, at all. But some, th some things I've noticed when you take Midgar, which was not, it was a significant chunk of the original game, but it was not all of the original game and you stretch it over 40 hours, there, there is a lot of similarity in everywhere that you go in this game. So there's not a lot of change in scenery, uh, with the exception of maybe like one town so far that I've been in, in Sector 6. But it's... Um, so yeah, lots of, lots of pipes, lots of rundown villages, like towns, um, lots of steampunky, sewery, reactor-looking areas. But... I'm still enjoying the fuck out of it. And so far, I think I've seen... I've felt for sure a couple of times where the game... Not pacing-wise, not story-wise, not gameplay-wise. So I don't know what else is left. But there's a, <laughs> there's a sense of sluggishness to it in a lot of areas. Whether it's like when you have to climb a ladder or cross like a plank or something like that. And you have to like approach the little thing, and yeah, then it's like, like slowly going across that prank, like traversal and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. There was one side quest I had to do where uh, the shop owner wanted me to kill a doom dog or whatever they're called, a doom something or other. And the doom rat. I, yeah, the doom rat. Yeah, and I follow the path to where I'm supposed to go, and there's a little arrow saying, "Hey, arrow, some sort of animation is going to happen once you step over this arrow." And then I was running, and then all of a sudden, I slowly ducked down. And then kind of scuttle forward just a little bit. And then I'm walking at a really fast pace again as soon as yeah. I get out. And then you have to go back into that place twice because it wasn't the right kind of, um, what do you say, doom, what was it called again? Doom rat. Doom rat, yeah. It wasn't the doom rat. It was like the Warren rat or something like that there instead. And I had to go back in there again because the shop owner's like, no, it definitely should be there. It's like, why did they, why did I need that slowdown? And maybe this is the kind of thing PS5 is going to solve with like the maybe that's like a load time thing. I think it's a hundred percent that because I have noticed a couple of times if I am running really fast through a town, and I'm run mm. all the way across town, and then I immediately talk to the person I need to talk to, there will be about five or six seconds where it just kind of hangs, and I stare at the person until they finally start talking, as it kind of catches up to me. <laughs> and I've noticed once or twice where like I'll be running down. <laughs> there was one time I was running down in Sector Seven. I was running down a hall or not a hallway, but a path. And I saw there was just a woman sitting in a folding chair, staring at a wall, talking to it. I was like, what a weird fucking psychopath woman just out here. Whatever. I run past her, do whatever I need to do, and turn around. And on my way back, there were two other people facing her against the wall, talking to her. I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. But it just, I guess it took too long for those people to pop in because I was running too fast by them. I feel that a lot too. In the area of the game, like that's at the bar and stuff, there's a lot of people hanging around. So if I'm running and I go past there, popping like crazy as they start to come in. Yeah. But it, I mean, that's kind of stuff that I've seen in so many games that I'm just like, oh yeah, okay. Exactly. It's it just, doesn't, doesn't what, it's me. a part of video games right now. And yeah. maybe that's something that we'll see improvements on with the next generation. Maybe it's not. But again, those are like incredibly nitpicky things about this game, but I am enjoying it. It is a dream come true. I am loving all of the new additions. I'm loving everything that I forgot was in the game and I'm rediscovering. I'm loving everything that I didn't understand, like the Dementors. I didn't understand there were Dementors in the game at all. And then suddenly, I guess it's a thing in this one. I love it. They I show up it. randomly. They'd be like, oh, here's a bar scene where people are talking. By the way, one's going to go by the camera. I don't know why, but it, it did. I'm assuming I'm just reading the story and it'll become clear as I yeah. play the game, but they're definitely just randomly popping in right now. Let me Those tell you what I in the original game, though. 
No, they were not. From what I can remember. Again, it's been 15 years, but yeah, I don't remember those being part of it. Yeah. But let me tell you, this materia and weapon upgrade system and like your your character's constantly switching in and out, I am addicted. Of my 20 hours and 15 minutes, I'd say maybe a solid hour of it has just been tinkering in the menus, being like, oh, but what if I swap this materia to this character? What if Cloud is now going to have a fire sword and I have fire, or fire and element material right next to each other Ooh, but then i don't have teeth anymore so cloud needs to be more of a, like a damage or tank kind of person so i need to swap out his material with this oh and what if i switch to this sword oh but i've made that one i've made all of these choices in the upgrade tree where i want it to be attack focus not magic focus and i am i am tinkering the fuck out of it and i love it so much and like the the upgrade system of the materia so you 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 put in the materia the more you battle with that materia equipped the stronger it gets. So you might be able to use a stronger fire spell eventually, or you might be able to get more benefit from like an HP up or something like that. Um, so like leveling those up is like, fuck, I don't really have anything I want to put in this materia slot right now, but I know eventually I'm going to want a really strong poison spell. So let me put bio in there. It's, it's so addicting. It's like the metal gear solid, like the metal gear solid peace Walker and metal gear solid five base camp, like building up all of that shit so that you can it's like it's not the main game but it's like a little bit of a meta game to the main game that makes small increases but it's, it's amazing i'm i'm hooked as fuck Brent Brent says he hasn't touched any of them. Ugh. are you just not far in the game far enough in the game yet to have those systems or you're just not exploring them speaking have you gotten the i upgrade? have those yeah i've okay. absolutely yeah i've got that it happens basically once you finish the demo area and then maybe like a half hour of gameplay after that yeah you get it at least the materia and they just hand it to you and explain it to you so like that happens pretty early and now my fighting i see like weapon upgrade and i start seeing that now or weapon level up whatever it says yeah so when you get to the weapon upgrade like the i literally i laughed the first time that it happened where you go to upgrade your buster sword or whatever other sword that you've got at the timer your gloves and you go to upgrade it and it just zooms into this big galaxy view, and there's just things orbiting giant planets full of upgrades. I'm like, this is so extra, and I love it so much. Like, they could have just given you a skill tree. They could have just given you, like, a Final Fantasy X style, just, like, a little circular map of these things to fill out. But no, they they went hardcore on this galaxy planet kind of thing. Freaking love it. Spoilers, not for the game, but for future content from us, uh, Nerds at Large Gaming is in our chat right now. So I can't wait to talk about the game soon, guys. Yes, Darby and Jeff, we are going to have a spoiler cast with it as soon as we're all done with it. So Holden, you better get to play in. Because oh, yeah. I could probably do this, this tomorrow. Week. 20 hours? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. There are 24 hours until tomorrow night? I can do it. Yeah, I, I won't be there. But I will. I'm thinking I could be this game by the end of next week. You think I'm so? I'm thinking I, I could. You I, got that maybe. kind of time? Mm, not really, but I might be able to. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm really enjoying it so far. And like one of the things I noticed with the demo, when I was playing the demo, I said, this doesn't look that good compared to what I was seeing in the trailers. Specifically, there was the Mako reactor. When, you, when Cloud looks up at it. Mako, we all right, learned Mako. 20 years later that it's actually pronounced Mako. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you look at the Mako reactor... And there was like the red lights on the top of it. In the demo, it did not look good. And then for some reason in this build of the game, I'm like, oh, yeah, that looks fantastic now. Yeah. So there, it, I don't know. For me, at least, the demo didn't strike me with the visuals as much as the full game does, which is strange considering how close the demo and the full game 
came out to each other. I don't know. But remember that but... demo was something people were playing in E3 last year. Is that the same exact build of the game from E3 though? Probably. That makes more sense. Why why okay. remake the demo when they already had it ready to go? That's that's fair. That makes a lot of sense because it feels like it looks a lot better on just the PS4 OG at least. So. Looks good on a 4K OLED TV as well on a PS4 oh, Pro. I'm sure, it looks, it looks so amazing. sexy. <laughs> Do you have three characters yet? The three characters that you're battling with? No, I just let's see. Tief is my party right now. I've had Barrett my party, of course. And I just got basically where I ended off in the game is I got to the bar where they all go below the bar to have their meeting, and then I just like wait around the bar for a little while. I shot some darts and then I came back um out and they just said, Hey, you're done. You don't have to work with us anymore. So I'm thinking it might be a little while before I get the party back again. Getting the band back together. I was concerned going <laughs> into this that the new battle system, while it feels really fluid and awesome to play with Cloud, and then you get a little taste in the demo of like you and Barrett together. I was worried that like three people would be too much and I wouldn't be able to handle it and juggle it, but it feels mm-hmm. really natural. And there are, so far, 20 hours in, I've actually only had three people for a little... Like, I had three people at once, and then a couple people left, and now I have another person, and then a couple people left. And, so I've only actually been with three people for, like, a total of two hours out of the 20. But it's I was oh, really wow, pleased to see... Yeah, I was really pleased to see, like, how natural it felt to be playing as Cloud and just suddenly be like, all right, Aerith, use a healing spell, or Tifa, mm-hmm. use this summon, and all that kind of stuff. Or... To be playing as Cloud, come across an enemy that's far away, boom, switch over to Aerith, do some magic, or switch over to Tifa, do some up-close fighting. and like, it, it feels really natural and really smooth. Yeah, I, I found a good little shortcut. I don't think, I can't remember if the game tells you this or not, but when you're playing with another team member, if you, rather than hitting X to go to command and then switching to your team member, just hit the right trigger or the left trigger and you'll switch to either your second or third team member. And when you start playing the game that way, it's amazing how fast the menus go where it still basically feels like it's real time even when you're going into yeah. the menus because you just kind of go and do your thing immediately and that's it. You don't have to really stay in the menus for a while. Consider what you want to do. At least for right now, the options are focused enough that I don't really think about what I want to do while I'm in the menus. I already know what I want to do before I get there. Exactly. And it speeds up the combat a lot. It's and I think not the maturity that... system adds into that. Yeah, it does. It's, where... it's not that I've filled up an ATB bar and I'm like, ooh, what do I want to use this on? It's like, no, I'm waiting for that to fill up because I know I want to use this skill. So as soon as it's there, mm-hmm. boom, R2, let's go use that skill. Now, I don't know if the materia can go beyond what it currently is at for me. Like right now with Cloud's sword, I can fit two materia slots in there. And then the little bracelet he has, I can fit one materia slot in there. So I don't have like so much going on in my menus that I'm overwhelmed with them. But I also feel like I have the flexibility to switch things around where right now I have Cloud has Cure but I might want him to have Thunder because I'm fighting something that has like wings on it or something like that, and I think that might be more useful. And I think it does a good job balancing having all those options there, but focusing your intent while playing the game. Because once you get out of one battle, you can change that stuff out very quickly. Yeah. I love it. And I do that all the time. I swap it up. Oh, it's just Cloud and Aerith now? Oh, well, Cloud's going to be more melee-focused now than he was before. And let me tinker a little bit more. Love it. Brent says I'm coming up to a good spot in the game, so I'm... That's he good. said a cool spot, this. which was the Seven Up mascot for a long time. <laughs> so it's the red dot with the sunglasses right. on it. 
It might just be a chilly location as well. It might not actually be an entertaining part of the game. You're right. So, can, so you, can you clarify? Yeah, can you clarify, Brent? Is that a a good spot of the game that's action packed, or just cold, or the mascot from Seven Up? <laughs> Which one of those three? <laughs> but that's it. That's all I want to say about the game until we actually review it and have a spoiler chat with it. And I, I assume by next Sunday I will be done with this. Not done with it, but I will have beaten it and be well on my way to the platinum. And it looks like a relatively straightforward platinum. You beat the game, you collect some of the like music and the, the collectibles, and you play each chapter on hard. And that's about it. I'm excited. Wait, before we move on, can we just, I didn't put this in the show notes, but I'm curious your thoughts. I think the game so far is super easy. And there's also, I'm playing on normal, there's also an easy mode. Kotaku had that article that the game is... So easy, easy mode is way too about- easy and hard mode is way too hard. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about all that? No, I think I'm, I'm playing it on normal right now as well. And it, I think it is perfectly balanced. There are mm-hmm. several battles along the way where several boss battles where I've like gotten by the skin of my teeth. I've only died maybe twice, but okay. I, I've felt challenged quite a few times. And they're like, oh my God, thank goodness I had enough high potions in order to make it through this battle just barely. Or if I didn't yeah. have my materia switched around the right way, I like, would have never made it through this. So, uh, yeah, I think I it's perfectly like balanced. If you're paying attention to your character's health and what you need to use ATB for, I don't think it's a hard game. But if you don't pay attention to the systems, it's going to be difficult because you'll probably die pretty quickly. There's some enemies that will like, jump on you and they'll just continue to attack you until when your other teammates can get them off of you. So there's definitely moments where it could be hard, but if you're paying attention, it's not too bad. Um, I haven't died once, but I'm also very early in the game. Um, I Going to that article, I do think that article is kind of funny in the sense that everyone is harping on them because Kutaku is the same company that had the whole Sekiro, no easy mode, ever ruined a game kind of thing. But I think everyone's getting a little, being a little unfair to Kotaku. It's not the same person who wrote both articles. They have multiple <laughs> people who work for Kotaku. No, like they're allowed to have... Jason Kotaku Schreier wrote everything on that website. <laughs> Do you think like Jason Schreier himself is getting shit from other people about this? He's just like, what the fuck, you guys? Like, <laughs> probably. That's not me. Can yeah, you think anyway. of any other names that Kotaku off the top of your head? Luke. Um, ah, there you Chet go. Is one there of you them. go. There you go. Luke. Uh, no, if you have to blame a person, you blame Jason Schreier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's look through the show notes. I think I have someone from Kotaku in here. Mike Fahey. Yep, I, the great Mike Fahey. There you go. From Kotaku. First time I heard that name. Kotaku. <laughs> All right, moving on to the fetch quests. Sounds like we're good talking about what we played this week. Yeah! So, first one here is Addicting Game launches Game Pass subscription service. This is straight from Addicting Games, who's associated with Destructoid. I didn't realize that Destructoid actually owned Addicting Games. The service is going to be $4 per month, or $2.50 per month if you do an annual subscription. The catalog of Addicting Games will include Impossible Quiz, Pandemic 2, and Balloons, many, many other um kind of online games it's available uh, ad free now because of that subscription did you ever use addicting games no but my understanding was like it was flash games right all flash games yeah uh, so what we used to I, play for free on e-bombs world is now four dollars a month you know you can still play the games for free there are just no if you don't want ads while playing them you're just paying to break the ad wall basically okay i'm probably never going to use the service but i thought this no. was kind of funny because i remember <laughs> playing uh addicting games as a kid uh played a lot of Thing Thing, or Thing Thing was awesome, and there's a great game called Shift, which is actually a version of Shift 
shift called shift quantum on the switch and i'm so tempted to get it because it's actually a very clever platformer where everything is monochrome and you can invert the level by having your character change its color from if it's white it's going to be on black platforms if it's uh if it's uh and then vice versa, basically. So you're switching your color to be on different color platforms to shift into those colors by hitting the shift key. And it was just, it was actually had some very, very clever puzzles in game design. You would love like Guacamelo too. I need to play that game. You would so love it. I need you would to. love it. Speaking of sequels, Dead Island 2 Next Gen confirmed by Studio Job Posting. Thank you, Will Harrison at PlayStation Lifestyle. The post calls for an art director, and the terminology is specifically current and future platforms. So not a Next Gen exclusive, but it sounds very, very likely it's going to be a cross-gen title. Or they're pushing it so far out, current gen means PS5, and future platforms <laughs> is PS6, and it's just so far out. This post was written in the future. God, Dead Island 2, <laughs> you think that'll ever come out? I have the same note <laughs> of just like, will it come out? And is it, does anyone actually care? Dead Island 1 was like, like it was pretty good. Dead Island Riptide never played it. But Dead Island 2, that thing, saw that trailer with the guy l- running, listened to his little bops on his headphones and the zombies yep. like, across, like behind him. Like, that was so long ago. It was like 2014 or something like that. Like, <laughs> Dead Island 2 coming soon. Nope. Yeah, I'm good. The Witcher 3 has now sold roughly 28 million copies, brought to us by Logan Moore from DualShockers. 700,000 of those were from the Switch last year, which is basically the same amount it sold for the Xbox, apparently. A little bit more than the Xbox, actually. So that's interesting. Overcooked 2 has just received a new Gourmet Edition, which will also come to the Switch from Ryan Craddock at Nintendo Life. That'll, of course, include all of the DLC, just like usual. Mm, DLC. And... No Man's Sky has freaking mechs now from Mike Fahey at Kotaku. I told you he existed. I told you he was real. They do exist. So mechs. That's the Eminem Santa commercial. <laughs> <laughs> the mechs are immune to hazardous conditions and make planetary traversal even easier. When you're in VR mode, you're actually inside the mech, and there's like an interior to the mech and everything. It looks kind of cool. It looks pretty cool. I think I realized I why, game again. now that I've played Animal Crossing New Horizons, I think I realize now why you love No Man's Sky. It's Why it's just oh I'm gonna collect this resource I'm gonna mine this little rock over here and I'm gonna go build a ship and then I'm gonna yeah. trade some turnips to another ship and that's it wasn't so much Animal that. Crossing in space it it wasn't so much that because I wasn't doing the base building I don't really care about the base building on that game it was more feeling like I was Han Solo like oh let me go to this planet I need to get this rare mineral because I need to make this other thing I got that oh space pirates are coming after me now can I make it to the space station before they get me so I can sell the stuff it was just kind of a cool way to feel space like space pirates are just sort like of space rogue the the wasps in Animal Crossing. Chopping down a tree, the wasps are chasing you like, oh, I gotta get indoors before this happens. There you go. (laughs) Brent said it took him years to realize Dead Island 2 never came out. Right? (laughs) So that's a sign that just no one gives a shit. If Brent doesn't give a shit, no one gives a shit. Nobody. But I give a shit about Disco Elysium, and that Nintendo Switch port is confirmed to be in development, says Ricky Fretch at DualShockers. Uh, that's a game that I am I am still so upset that it's only on PC because it got so much traction and stuff like that from Game Awards last year, and everyone's like, ah, this game is amazing, and I can't play it because it's not on consoles yet. But I'll be it's coming to consoles PS4. this year. Do you, would you get it on Switch, PS4, or Xbox? PS4. If I'm going to play it, I'm going to get trophies. That's true. That's true. 
I would do Switch. I think to be like a game like that, I would want to just kind of curl up in bed or sit on the couch or be able to just kind of bring it with me. Mafia 2 and Mafia 3 Definitive Editions listed by ratings board from Jordan Olamon at IGN. The game appears to be separate non-bundled games, so it's not like a collection. They're, they're separate yeah. titles, and it'll be available on PS4, PC, and Xbox One. This is a cool announcement. Obsidian Entertainment releases the first story trailer for Grounded. That's from Jordan Biazzo at Game Ranks. Did you see this? I did not watch it, but that's the game where it looks like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Exactly. And I'm exactly. Like, looks like Honey, I'm, I'm not going to play awesome. that. <laughs> that looks so good. <laughs> I love that we had immediate opposite reactions. So the same, I had the same connection. I literally have, I have like a note here that just says, grounded, and then in parentheses, honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> That's exactly what it reminds me of. Moving on to updates on coronavirus and how that is impacting the industry. The first one here, it actually is kind of the only like really negative one, which is nice that most of these are positive this time. Yeah. A Square Enix Tokyo H- this one's not positive, to be very clear. A Square Enix Tokyo HQ staff member tests positive for COVID-19 from Sado at Silicon Era. So like Capcom last week, efforts will be made at Square Enix Tokyo headquarters to sterilize the workplace and ensure there's no further infections. Initially, employees were encouraged to stay home, but it wasn't mandated. Um, if they did show up to HQ, they'd need to wear a face mask or regularly wash their hands. But now Japan has declared a state of emergency, so Square Enix employees will be working from home until May 6th. At the earliest. At the earliest. Stay home, Probably y'all. We'll get pushed back. Yeah. Probably. E3 2020 won't get additional re- a replacement event from Joe Scrubbles at IGN. So last week we talked about the rumors that seemed very certain to be happening. It's been confirmed. Um, although it's not all over. The ESA will start um, to work with some companies to kind of have individual announcements in the coming months, but it won't be at like an E3 event. Right. I wonder if those are going to remain like branded as E3, like E3 July announcements, Bethesda edition. I'm very curious it's going to work. It'd be kind of strange to be like E3. Here's a three minute trailer. That's all you get all week. That would be <laughs> kind of strange. Maybe it's feel antithetical. Maybe they call it E1 is. just to lower your expectations. Yeah. <laughs> just E. Also, like, it's... Yeah, just E, because it's not an expo. It's I guess it's electronic. It, it's entertainment. It's better It's better to say it's entertainment. Right, Entertainment right, right. Electronic Expo, it's just the first one. All Microsoft events will be digital first until August 2021. Thank you, James Bachelor at GamesIndustry.biz. Not surprised about what that What does that mean, though? And how does that affect E3 for next year? You think that means Microsoft's pulling out of E3 next year? Oh, this definitely confirms we're playing at E3 next year. But maybe like Nintendo, they'll still do a bless you. Uh, they'll still one. do like digital direct. I might do more. You know me; I always sneeze more than once. Yep. At Except least right nine now, times. I don't feel like sneezing. At least eleven. <laughs> at least eleven. CDC opens registration for its summer event. This is from Kaylee Parleton at PC Games Insider. That's a bad idea. <laughs> Just cancel it. Yeah. They're gonna they have were... it at the Moscone Center. And they were doing it at uh, uh, in August, I think it was. They planned to reschedule. Yeah, it's and in not early August twenty twenty one, like Microsoft is doing. <laughs> August no, of this no, year. they're it's like August sixth to the ninth. I can click on it; it'll tell me. Um, yeah, I think this is not the best idea at this point. Just cancel it. The problem is with the GDC is it's harder to replicate digitally. 
because it's very much about networking with people in your industry as opposed to making game announcements. You don't make game announcements at GDC. So I feel like it's better off getting canceled. You don't want to risk that, especially when indie developers are meeting there. And if an indie developer is like not in a situation where like they're making bank off their games and they're struggling still, and then they get sick of coronavirus and they can't do anything, like that sounds like a really bad scenario that could yeah. very realistically happen because of GDC um, staying open. Um, but let's get to the positive stories now. Pluses for positive. ESRB reassures on the possibility of shutdown uh, game delays. Basically just saying that the rating board, this is from also from George Kebbles at IGN, both rating boards, the um, PEGI and ESRB, have transitioned to remote working, and it's been successful, and they don't anticipate that they would be involved in any games getting delayed because they can't keep up with the demand. So this is a good uh, sign for that part of the industry because no game will come out without getting rated. That will yep. never happen. So that's good to hear. Speaking of not getting delayed, CD Projekt Red still optimistic that Cyberpunk 2077 will launch in September from Dennis Patrick at Games Rank. That's a uh, game ranks. That's a relief. Yep. September well, seems CG. to be the new May. <laughs> Everything's getting pushed. The September is like, yeah, everyone, we think we can do this, right? So we'll see if the world is still canceled um, then. Last two updates on coronavirus here. EA will be giving up to $2 million to support coronavirus relief from Alex Calvin at PC Games Insider. Thank you, EA. You're Nintendo welcome. claims That's what EA <laughs> Nintendo like. claims more Nintendo Switch units are on the way from Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. Um, there's no certainty in when those orders will become available, but we at least know they're coming. This comes after this... they... Uh... Uh, they're like, hey, we're finally going to have more stock available. And then they also just stopped selling them in Japan because of the state of emergency. They're like, oh, just kidding. We're not shipping anything else to Japan. <laughs> um, that's, that's interesting. Like, I didn't even realize until about a week ago that there was actually a shortage. I guess because I'm not ever really yeah. looking for Switches because I already have my Switch that I want. This week, because I was seeing this, and this week I, I remembered that God, it was like late February, early March, because there was a shutdown of manufacturing in China for Nintendo Switch already, which was delaying the uh, Animal Crossing version. They were predicting that around this time frame, we were going to be having issues with supply anyway. And I think the coronavirus had the impact on it. And then you added the demand from Animal Crossing, which is cleared shelves, basically, that this is kind of bound to happen. And now... They just need to catch more manufacturing because they're still many. They're manufacturing them now. They've been able to for a little while now. So it'll it'll be fine. But don't buy a Switch right now. They're going for like double the price at Ugh. retailers. No, or not for I mean, I'll be for my scalpers. I mean, um, so don't don't buy. I one play right my now. Switch like Animal Crossing, not included. Like maybe an hour a month. So like, don't even do it. Don't even buy one. <sighs> Blasphemy. Just kidding. Blasphemy. All right, first big news story of the week. Uh, Moving on to Sony Quest Log here. Uh, we have the DualSense. As a matter of fact, it's from PlayStation themselves <laughs> introducing DualSense, the new wireless game controller for PlayStation 5. Brought to us by Jim Ryan at the PlayStation blog. Jim Ryan, he's a CEO and a, or president and a journalist, apparently. Oh, God, Holden. This he's, thing he looks so post, sexy. This DualSense controller. Yeah, it looks pretty good. It looks like the the palest geisha wearing a black stringy tank top, <laughs> or 
It looks like something straight out of uh, that new David Cage game. What was the most recent David Cage game from Quantic Dream? Oh, Detroit Become Human? Detroit Become it Human. Does. Yep, kind of looks like it that. Does, totally, you're right. Or from The Surge, the Creo enemies, like with the giant bone, like the clubs and shit like that. Like it kind of looks like something they would wield as well. It, it is a sexy-ass controller. The duotone, it's, white and black. Oh! It's certainly unexpected. I was not at all what I was expecting. First of all, I wasn't expecting a name change to DualSense. DualShock 5 is what everyone's anticipating. But yeah, it looks really, really cool looking. I'm I'm very surprised how attracted I am to a controller in terms of going like, <laughs> right? Good. Like, uh, they better like send cleaning tools with it because there's going to be jizz all in the cracks of this thing. <laughs> I, I just also, I mean, like any controller, though, I want to hold it and feel it because I think yeah. a lot of the things that... A, just comfortable uh, controllers have to be comfortable, although I'm kind of not worried about this being a comfortable controller. The DualShock 4 is extremely comfortable, and this doesn't look like it's that different in shape, even though you might be fooled because it does look so aesthetically different. It looks pretty much the same in terms of shape. But what I really want to know, and they've talked about this before, is what that haptic feedback feels like. Yeah. I That's what I'm the most curious about with this controller, is what that is actually going to play out, how that will actually play out. So they reconfirmed a lot of stuff that was basically already talked about in the PS5 Wired articles last year about the controller. So haptic feedback is going to be there. You'll feel like you're traversing through mud, which is the exact example they provided last year. It's going to have the adaptive triggers, so you'll have that kind of feeling of pulling back a, uh, a bowstring. But what was hinted at in the Wired article, but not confirmed, was the microphone. There's actually a microphone built into the controller now, which is... A nice touch. I'm assuming that's going to be like the AI, artificial intelligence, like, ask PlayStation what you want to do. That, I feel like, is a future software thing that they're going to release information about when yeah. they talk more about the the firmware and software of PlayStation 5. But for yeah. now, they're like, oh, yeah, it's a, a microphone for, like, quick chats. If you just want to jump into a party and do some quick chats. Like, yeah. no one's going to jump on for two or three minutes in a game and talk and then jump <laughs> off. Exactly. Exactly. One that is new is this create button. So PlayStation 4 introduced the share button, which has now been adopted by the Series X controller. So obviously that's working out. But the create, create button vaguely, it, I guess, just explores more options you can share with. They didn't really elaborate. Right. But I'm assuming it's, I'm assuming it's like uh, the share factory on PS4 where you can edit videos, like maybe quicker access to kind of tools like that to like put a tag yeah. on a video or something or put like our logo or something like that on a video before we send it. I don't know what to expect there, but that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, they said more um, more to come on them what that button actually does. Yeah. I also so I I went back and I kind of looked at the history of DualShock controllers. Just so I was kind of curious. This is just introducing a lot of cool new features. Like what has that looked like in the past? Like how many times has Sony introduced some cool new controller tech and it didn't quite work out like Nintendo's kind of notorious for with like the Wii pad no one really utilizes its benefits the switch is the IR sensor the sensor no one really uses the IR sensor you didn't um, eat a lot of just... sandwiches in one two switch <laughs> <laughs> oh lots of sandwiches they actually Sony has a pretty good track record on maintaining the features of their controller and carrying them on throughout the generations. Like, there are a handful of exceptions. Like, Sony introduced the 6-axis controller with the PlayStation 3, which they discontinued that one, but they didn't remove any of the functionality from it. They just added Rumble and then called it DualShock 3. Right. So which that kind of blows like my a... mind that, like, DualShock was introduced with PS1, and then they had the... On PS2, they had it. And then PS3, they shipped yeah. the console, and they're like, yeah, we don't want Rumble anymore. 
What? Yeah, that was what? very strange. And they're like, just kidding, we do. And that the the 6-axis <laughs> controller by itself was so, it felt so cheap because it was so light without all the rumble in it. I remember that. My friend got one, and I'm just like, wait, what's wrong with this controller? <laughs> right. Is this is missing? Like, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> um, the PlayStation 4, the DualShock 4, that was the first one that I think is kind of the exception to that, uh, where they reuse the features and keep them going on. Like, the light bar's gone. And they made it kind of a big deal, the light bar, when it first came out. But the intention of the light bar is still there. When Mark certainly got on stage and watched and introduced the DualShock 4, I actually just watched that event earlier today, um, he said it was used to dis- to distinguish the different controllers from different players. And that's still here. It's just not the light bar anymore. It's just like yeah. a light built into the front of the controller. Um, and then also the touchpad, technically they're bringing it back. So it's not like a lost feature. But did how many games actually use the touchpad? I feel like all of them use it for some kind of button. I'm using it in Final Fantasy VII to jump and see the map and all that kind of stuff. I guess, like, what I mean is, like, beyond being a gigantic start button. Right. How How is the touchpad really used? Not too much. Um, and I was thinking, like, does that mean DualSense, like, it's the haptics? It's really cool, but will it get utilized by developers? And I'm... I don't think it's going to be like a touchpad where, like, it's not really, it's there, it's not really used by developers, though. I think this is going to be pretty big. But I want to see examples with the haptics of how that gets used. Yeah. How does it benefit an Uncharted game? How does it benefit Final Fantasy VII Part Two? That's the kind of question I have about it. But I'm a huge fan of HD Rumble. That's, That's right. Like you love favorite. that HD Rumble. <laughs> I love it. So I'm very excited about this, but I want to see how it gets implemented because it sounds like it's like 4K rumble compared to HD rumble. Like <laughs> it's just the next step. Oh, it doesn't so sound like it's really that. rumble at all. I mean, I assume the controller has rumble in it, but this sounds more like like being able to play with it's, resistance it's, on the triggers and on the, the thumbsticks. Well, the reason I'm comparing it to HD rumble is that HD rumble was just a subtler, like, vibration effect and the yeah. controller that could mimic certain feelings and this is the next kind of step of that i guess this is what I'm saying kind of say with the 4k rumble um yeah I, I, i'm more i'm still curious i'm still curious what's going to happen i'm glad that they're, this... I, i'm Go glad that they're, that they're sticking with um all of the features they're not abandoning anything you still have the light bar in like a, alongside the sides of the touchpad most yeah. most games have been basically using that as a life indicator. Like green means you're healthy, red means you need to use an item or whatever that is. But there yeah. are a couple of games that like use it really well. Like uh, Lost Legacy, it would start to glow pink whenever you were near a treasure or something like that. That was really cool. Well, that's cool. Um, so I, I'm glad that Resident they're retaining 3 that. Used it recently. What's that? Resident Evil Three also used it for your health as well. Yeah, and that allowed it to go HUDless without having to see all the junk on the screen. You could actually just look at your controller. Um, yep. I'm interested to see how that's going to work with with VR because a lot of VR games do rely on seeing the light bar and that's yeah. Uh, I, I have a huge hunch they've never confirmed it but I have a huge hunch that like the light bar on the DualShock 4 was because Project Morpheus which is what PSVR was in its prototype phase was going to use it and they were relying on that as a way of tracking but they just didn't want to tell people that when they launched um, so I'm interested to see how this might function into how you might be able to use a dual shot or dual sense with PSVR or whether you can't. Maybe you have to have a PS4 controller or maybe PSVR 2. You don't have to worry about that at all because you have different controllers at all. Who knows? Yeah, I, I'm assuming because the whole 
I think what Vive does this now. Actually, I don't know if Vive does this, but the Index and the in both and the uh, Oculus Quest and Rift S both have that looking down at the controllers and seeing what the controller is doing just from cameras built into the headset. Right. So I'm assuming PSVR two will do something like that. It seems to be pretty much the standard right now. I'm excited though. It looks um, sexy. We curiously haven't seen the back of the controller yet though. And a lot of rumors whenever we were talking about yeah. whatever DualShock Five would be, they're like, "Oh, it's going to have two triggers on the back of it, or two buttons on the back of it, and that's why they released the DualShock Four back button, so they could have some kind of like hardware parity between the two. Nothing was announced, but we also haven't seen pictures of it, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on yeah. back there. I don't know. I mean, would they release an elite version, or do you think they would just have just one controller? I have no idea. I feel like this controller is going to cost a lot of money, so I doubt that they're going to have an elite version of it anyway. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised why, to see this controller being like 80, 90 bucks. Why would it need to be more expensive than a DualShock 4? Was DualShock 4 much more expensive than DualShock 3? Because Rumble is so cheap. Like, the, the mm-hmm. not cheap. It's It's like technologically not that hard to do. Like, have you ever taken apart a DualShock controller? No. The Rumble is basically just on either handle of it. It's yeah. just a weight that's only half of it, and it just spins around in circles. That's all it is. That's all Rumble is. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like being able to have the haptic feedback that they're doing in the triggers and the thumbstick, and I assume they're also putting Rumble in the controller, it, that's got to be so much more fine-tuned and have a little bit more technology built into it. And uh, So I have, a, I have a feeling these are going to be more expensive than a traditional DualShock 4, which is, what, 60 70 bucks, I think? Are DualShock 4, is that compatible with a PS5? Yes. Okay. Maybe then. Yeah, so I, I, I imagine you'll probably get one with the console. You, you but... have some good points. I don't know. Interesting. Um, there's one more thing at the end of the article I thought was interesting. It was it was just a little blurb from Jim Ryan, but I wanted to read the last sentence of it because, I don't know, I, I think people know I'm a little skeptical of the PS5 marketing now, and this, for me, added fuel to the fire. Um, he said... To the PlayStation community, I truly want to thank you for sharing this exciting journey with us um, as we head towards PS5's launch in holiday 2020. We look forward to sharing more information about PS5, including the console design, in the coming months. What does in the coming months mean? Does that mean June? Does it mean July? Does it mean August? Those count as months I, I that are coming. I can't imagine they count, those count as months that are coming. Um, I feel like they wouldn't have put plural months if it was going to be if there was anything in May. So I feel like it's safe to say it's starting at June and and on. And I kind of made a point earlier when they announced the or not announced announced but um had the road to PS5 event with Mark Cernius intended for GDC. And I, I was kind of concerned like if they wait too long to talk about things, could that hurt them? And hearing June is like when they're most likely going to be unveiling the full details i'm worried dude like they have to come out so strong they have to come out so strong because if it's weak in any way and they have to respond to you know consumer upset just like microsoft had to in 2013 that is not enough time to like re to re-alter your message for everyone else that's what microsoft struggled with and especially when i personally think that the specs are looking in Xbox Series X's favor right now. And that seems to be what like jabby headlines are going to focus on is like, well, like 
the renders at like 4K and supposed to whatever because we saw that kind of stuff in 2013 and 2014 as well. I'm just get, I'm getting worried. I, know I have worried. faith that they can do something great. I still think they can. I think there's it's most likely, but just the anticipation is starting to get go from hype to concerning for me. Well, it's been that way for so, like six months for you anyway. You've been um, you've done nothing but worry about this poor little console. <laughs> I think it's because Microsoft is so upfront with yeah. everything that I'm I'm just surprised. And Microsoft actually has less reason to be upfront. They're keeping things about the same as they were before. They're not really changing that much. The things they're talking about, they've been talking for years about. But Sony's setting up something new. Yeah. You'd think they would want more time to relay that message. Um yeah, well, well, I'm excited see. for whatever they've got. All I know is that this controller reveal for me was just like, okay, y'all got ideas in the can, and they're good ideas, and I can't wait to hear more. Yeah, and they are all good ideas, but like the things that are the design is the main thing that was new this week. Everything else was talked about in right the Wired article, except for the create button and the microphone. But those aren't like whoa, kind of like things to grapple people in but the haptic definitely is i'm still very curious to do the haptic engine and it looks like bethesda's pete hines has tried the dual sense and he was quote very impressed that comes from chandler wood at playstation lifestyle yeah so pete hines who's the vp of marketing at bethesda he said i've gotten to try the haptic feedback and adaptive triggers on this thing and was very impressed i think the games are going to do some really cool things with them that's good Can't to wait. see from someone in the main one of the I was saying one of the main companies one of the biggest companies in gaming so that's good to see very likely one of their games will support that feature otherwise I don't think they'd be talking about <laughs> right. it that openly uh, Chad you sent this next story to me from Microsoft do you want to read this one yeah Xbox Series X will push subscription model for next gen Phil Spencer says says Eddie McCooch at GameSpot uh, Xbox All Access is a thing that they currently do for if you wanted to buy an Xbox One S or a, a, a One X, uh, you can do that. It's a subscription-based thing. You're paying for the console, Game Pass, and Gold. Actually, I think it's just Game Pass Ultimate for two years. And it's like 31 bucks a month if you want an Xbox One X. So that's something that they have been experimenting with for a few years. They kind of rolled out in full last fall. Uh, and they said that they're going to be pushing that hard when Series X comes out. Um, specifically though, Phil Spencer said in an interview that they'll be doing this with quote, the launch of consoles, plural, plural at the end of the year. He said consoles and the story dropped like right after we recorded last week's episode and we were talking about like, do you think they're going to release two this, uh, this is, this is fueling that fire of maybe they'll have multiple consoles this, this, uh, this fall, this holiday when it launches. Yeah. But I think this is going to give them, because they have already a system in place for the subscription-based model at a variety of different retailers, they have the model where you can get a 1X and upgrade it to the Series X when it comes out already in place. I think they're going to have a leg up on people for the holiday season who are like, ooh, if it is more expensive, that's a lot more of an attractive price than you know, 31 bucks a month. I'm willing to pay that versus... Oh my God, $499, $599 for a PlayStation 5, whatever that will cost. It's like when people saw the price of an iPhone and they're like, oh my God, it actually cost $749? That's insane. No, iPhones cost $200 maximum. <laughs> but they're okay with paying now monthly for $25, $35, bucks, however much they pay. 
Uh, yeah, so I think that's going to be a, a big boon for Xbox when they launch this holiday. And on a, I don't think PlayStation is going to have anything to match it, especially because they o- they've only had their own. You can buy a PlayStation from Sony for like the last six months, and uh, so w- we'll see what they have to match this with. But it's a nice little leg up. I would hope they have something to match it with because it, this isn't new for Microsoft. They've been doing this for a few years now, and I feel like I also I don't know how many consoles. Xbox All Access is actually produced for Microsoft. Sure. Or more people are just buying them um, outright. I don't know. But I feel like Sony would be better off just offering something like that anyway because it's going to be attractive to some people. And if someone who maybe you know can't afford these consoles regularly but can't afford that monthly subscription and has good enough credit for it, maybe that's very much a small niche who knows but i feel like they go oh well i'll get the xbox then because that sony ps5 is just a little bit out of my price range but this is much easier to do with the series x sony just wants to be for there for that decision anyway i would hope but in terms of pricing on the consoles i don't know i'm still convinced that the ps5 and the series x are probably going to be along the same price point i know the processing and gpu specs are higher on the series x but that ssd is way better than the ssd in an xbox series x so i feel like it's kind of a trade-off and they'll probably end up being around the same price um but even if they are this if they're more expensive or they're the same price this looks good for them because they can say xbox is 35 or 31 dollars a month if it's in line with the xbox one x monthly price so it's just this is good either way no matter what this is good two things one you had mentioned that you're like, I, I kind of hope that PlayStation will pick up on this subscription model thing. I don't know if they will because, I mean, as you mentioned, Xbox has had this for years in yeah. various forms. And you, we've never seen any interest from Sony on doing that with PS4. So I don't know why they would start with PS5, even unless it's just like, this is how you buy technology now. So we're jumping on that boat. Whereas before yeah. it was an experiment. But also, Alta, Alto, Balto, Age of Ultron, Oliver Twist. Here's the next thing. There was an article I forgot. I don't. I don't think I added it. But there was an article about a guy who was writing about the PlayStation 5's SSD, and he was praising it. It was a developer, and he was praising it for like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's gonna be. It's amazing. It's better than Xbox. Xbox. You saw oh, the video from, from, from Crytek. Like, from what? Crytek. Crytek. It's Crytek. Yes, the Crytek guy. So Cry Cry Engine yeah. was, you know, actually back in the day, whenever Crisis was a thing, it was like pushing the boundaries of what. Game engines oh, it was do. the bee's knees. Yeah. And so he was praising PlayStation. He's like, oh my God, it's amazing. You know, the load times are literally less than a second when you're switching between games that are suspended. Whereas we've all seen with Xbox, like it's fast, but it's still like a good eight to 10 seconds maybe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that we're talking about that SSD on the PlayStation being more expensive and more fancy than the Xbox version. I think that's going to hundred percent be the case. And that'll by far be the most expensive component in that X in that in- entire box. Oh Yeah. Hard drives are usually among the most expensive components to begin with. I'd imagine. Yeah, it would be. So, yeah, curious how that goes. Yeah, that was an interesting article because they also, uh, he removed, all the tweets were deleted. Yeah, everything was deleted. Like, the article was saying, we assume it's because he breached an NDA, so he's deleted all of these kind of things, but. Yeah, that'd make the most sense. Yeah. That'd make the most sense. Also, because they don't want developers talking like, cause he wasn't just saying it was the ser- the uh, PS5's hard drive was way better. He was kind of downing the Xbox Series X, and it doesn't look good for a third party developer to be saying one of these consoles really sucks. Like, yeah. So yeah, they definitely NDA and also just imaging for sure. 
Um, yeah, I'm, the price is the most interesting, I think, part of this conversation now that we, I mean, games and all that kind of stuff, we'll just hear more about that as time goes on, but, and the, the specs are out there, but price is kind of the one that's actually going to sway people at this point, I think. For the most part, people know what games, I think they're, if they're really into the industry at least, they know what games they're going to be expecting for each console. I think price is kind of what people are waiting for. Yep. But, anyway... Anyway, moving on to the Nintendo Quest log. This story blew Ooh, my mind. Animal Crossing happy hour. Yeah, there's a lot of Animal Crossing stuff, but the first story, what the fuck? Animal Crossing reportedly removed from Chinese retailers following the Hong Kong demonstrations. Thank you, Nicole Carpenter at Polygon. So here's the rundown here. Uh, the only official Nintendo games that are able to be sold in China from Nintendo officially are New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Super Mario Odyssey. That's it. You literally go in the eShop on a Switch in China, and there are only three games, and it's those games. But there were some retailers, either online or in person, that had foreign copies of Animal Crossing New Horizons. Players bought it, and they started to continue the free Hong Kong protests within the game by designing t-shirts and signs and wallpapers in the home to place in their Animal Crossing town or island. And China don't like that shit. So suddenly, this isn't confirmed, but suddenly those online retailers that had foreign copies of... Animal Crossing were just gone. Not the retailers, the listing for Animal Crossing on that site was gone. Although I wouldn't be and surprised if those anywhere. retailers themselves just disappeared too. <laughs> they just disappeared, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just get a 404 error whenever you go to that site yep. now. It's what do you like, mean? The site never exist. existed? It was never here. <laughs> it was never here. So it's not confirmed, but given the history of China and the things that have happened in the past year with like the NBA and Blitzchung and just the Hong Kong protests in general, how authoritarian they are, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest that they got rid of Animal Crossing, which is just preposterous. It's the nicest, kindest. Like censorship does not exist to keep society pure. It, it, censorship exists in China to protect the Chinese government, and that is it. Very sad stuff. Yep. It's not, not cool. But Sorry, they're not missing much. Animal Cro- <laughs> they are missing a lot. <laughs> they're missing that really good fishing the tournament. Voice. They're missing all those fucking eggs. Those Hong Kong coaches are bunny. probably way more entertaining than any of those other events. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some good Animal Crossing rumors. This stuff gets me pumped. Okay. Animal Crossing New Horizon Villager hints at Brewster's arrival from Bay- Ben Bayless at Dual Shockers. Listen to this, everyone. I'm listening. Listen to this. So someone was talking to one of their villagers in Animal Crossing, and the villager said, I'm still wide awake. I guess Brewster was right. 17 cups of coffee is three too many. But Brewster's not in the game yet. He's not there. How do you know? But Aren't there like 900 villagers in the game? Brewster is specifically a, well, he's a, a rooster who works at Roost Cafe, and he serves you coffee. He's been in Animal Crossing. Actually, he's been in all the Animal Crossings, but I remember him from Wild World. Um, that's where I had him. I never got him a New Leaf. And so he's not like a villager you can get in your town to live there. He has a specific store, or in this case, a cafe, that you can attend. So them mentioning him is suggestive that he'll be in the game. Uh, before the launch, a data miner discovered a reference um, to, quote, Museum Cafe in the code. So it seemed like that's going to happen. That's really cool. I have thoughts about all this, but I want to read one more story first. 
The other one is the Animal Crossing New Horizons Villager potentially leaks museum art gallery update. That's coming from Ryan Craddock at Nintendo Life. So another person recorded another one of their villagers who says that they can't say I know about art, but I'd like that there's some in the museum here for me to gawk at. There's no art in the museum right now in Animal Crossing. That's not a thing. You can't do that. But it looks like it's going to happen. One of these I'm excited for. The other one I'm half excited for. You got a chub for one. And, and for one, you got a full-on 99% one. erection. No, the other one I have like a 20, 15, 20% <gasps> erection. Yeah, not great. Not great. So, all right, Brewster, I'm excited for that one. I talked about that. That's kind of cool. Just nice, calming, Animal Crossing, drink some coffee. What, is, what does fun. Brewster but, provide in the museum cafe? Oh, um, he literally serves you coffee. Villagers will hang out in his cafe, and you can talk to Brewster. Does coffee do anything? I mean, in like, Wild World, in Wild World, faster? that was basically it. Okay. It okay. was like most things in Double Crossing. It was charming, and that's all it needed to be. Okay. It's not, but I think in uh, City Life he did some more things for you. But I didn't play City Life, um, so I don't. I don't know what he did there. You're naming Animal Crossing games. I I thought there were like maybe three Animal Crossing games. Animal no, Crossing, animal... Pocket Camp, New Leaf, New Horizons. That's all I knew existed. And now you're naming all of so... these things, and I'm pretty sure you're making up half of them. Okay, so here's the thing. We have Animal Crossing on GameCube, Animal Crossing Wild World on DS. Then it was Animal Crossing City Folk. Yeah, City Folk, not City Life. City Folk on the Wii. Then you had New Leaf on the 3DS. And then you had the Happy Home Academy on 3DS. And then you had the Amiibo Festival on Wii U. And then you had oh, New Horizons. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, so Amiibo a Festival. Few. They put out all the cards. Oh, and Pocket Camp. And Pocket Camp. So this other one, though, the, the Museum Art Gallery. Here's the 15% I'm excited for. I'm excited to be able to put more things in the museum because I like the museum. But it's the, how you get those pieces of art in the museum. If it is through this character, Red, that has provided art before in the past, I'm not happy about this. And this is where I go from 100% down to 15 Drop of 85% because of Red. He's, <laughs> what I like, he's a fucking asshole. That's why. So Red... <laughs> Is he not talking he up to, to town. you? <laughs> Red basically comes to your town every like Saturday or something like that in New Leaf. And he has his tent. You go in there. There's four pieces of art. And you can only buy one, which means at most you can donate one piece of art to the museum every week. Out of like, I think there's like 50 pieces or something like that. So it's it takes a little while because you can only get one per week. But... This is the catch that makes it aggravating, and I hope this doesn't come back because it's so fucking annoying. The paintings are real paintings. They're like the uh, Girl with the Pearl Earring painting or something like that. And you look at it and you go, oh, that's the Girl with the Pearl Earring. And other paintings that I recognize but don't actually know the names of. Mona Lisa, sure, we'll name one more. I know some art. <laughs> and... <laughs> but there's always one thing that's wrong with the painting that will tell you if it is fake or real. And when you look at the painting, they don't call it the Mona Lisa or the Girl of the Pearl Earring. They call it the Charming Painting or the Scenic Painting. So I can't look at that and then say, oh, that's the Van Gogh one that I don't know of. So I'm going to look that up and compare that image on 
Google images of what that painting's supposed to look like, and then what this really pixely version of my 3DS screen that I can't <laughs> quite get a good angle on is supposed to look like. And I think that looks about the same, so I'm going to buy it, and then I go and give it to Blathers, and Blathers goes, oh no, this isn't real, and then I got to wait a whole fucking week to find out if I can get another piece of art that's good or not. I did not like that process. I was not a fan of that process at all. So if they bring back art, don't do the fake art stuff. I don't want that. <laughs> Red's a bastard. <laughs> He's a con artist. Brent says in the I chat, like bro, what the fuck? Red is awesome. No, Red is not awesome. He's a con <laughs> artist. Those paintings are like three, 4,000 bells each. They're not cheap. So it's just, it's just very it's frustrating. about a handful of pairs. Here's the part that's exciting to me, though. I don't know if I've talked about this with Animal Crossing in the past. Probably not. I told you we're going to be talking more about Animal Crossing. I warned you guys at the beginning of this. This is going to happen. I have some notes very quickly. Um, this is exciting to me because if this is DLC updates that they're referring to and not just like regular like updates or maybe they are just regular updates as opposed to paid DLC, this is exciting for a few reasons. One, there are certain shops that are missing that I think would be kind of cool to have them come out as like expansions to look forward to. We don't have Shampoodle where you have a poodle who shampoos her hair and designs it in funny ways. Don't have that story yet. You don't have the police station. You don't have Club LOL. And you don't have the fortune teller. Are these like going to be stores that we're going to see kind of come out in the next few years as those updates start coming out? I'm excited for that. There's also Nook's Cranny upgrades once, but in this game, but in past games, it upgraded like four times to the point where it became a, a huge department store. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be cool. I want to see where they go with this. Are we going to get like DLC upgrades that are like the luxury package for the Deserted Getaway package? Like there's a luxury package now and you can get that expansion pass. Like I'm excited. I want to see this stuff. I just don't want to see red. Sorry, Brent. I just don't want to. Shampoodle. He Fucking Shampoodle. <laughs> Brent says, Holden, you don't understand the city folk grind with red. I understand the grind in New Leaf and I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. Speaking of DLC, Chad, you don't have to listen to more Animal Crossing for the rest of this episode. Are you happy? We've got more Animal Speaking Crossing coming up. Just you wait. Oh, but you're bringing it up this time, not me. That's important to mention. Yep. <laughs> so third-party quest log is all about Cyberpunk. Starting with Cyberpunk 2077 will have at least two major DLC expansions. Thank you, Cameron Hawkins at DualShockers. You're welcome. So, he shares a voice with EA. there uh, was an investor call with CD Projekt Red and they mentioned in there that there was going to be at least a comparable amount of DLC to The Witcher 3 and that we would see that announced in the months before Cyberpunk 2077 came out. Wonderful. Chad. Wonderful. This game is already going to be dauntingly huge to me that I think is going to be too big and I'm worried about everything being worthwhile and now they're like, great, (laughs) we're going to like fucking basically double it good no I, i'm excited i know that witcher 3 was very well supported with it was what blood and wine was like one of the expansions and then yeah people liked him a lot so that's cool yeah th- this is this is cool um it's nice to know there's going to be content afterwards i did this little thought of like hey I haven't even played this game yet, so I don't know if I should be excited about this DLC. Like, I, I guess I don't understand announcing DLC before the game's even out. This is, I believe, 100%. Um, hey, 
you just bought the game. Don't trade it into GameStop, please, dear God. We have more stuff coming, I promise you. That's yeah. what I think this is. But it was like, is Cyberpunk at risk of that, though? I don't think so. Every game's like, at risk Ugh. of that. I mean, you just heard that that yeah. the other night, Dallas bought GTA Five like four times. Or maybe it was Matt. Somebody bought it for like four times because they bought it and they traded it back in. They bought it on a different platform and they traded that in and got it again. On a different, it's, People just do that. And you and I don't because we buy our shit digitally, but people trade yeah, shit all true, the time. Yeah, that's true. I can't relate in my life, but that doesn't mean other people don't do things I don't do. That's right. That's true. Like shower, like clip their toenails. I don't do any you of those You do things. those, but some people don't. No, I don't. I don't do those things. Oh. Some people might. Well, then those are know, not good but examples. I don't do those things. <laughs> <laughs> Also interesting from that investor call, um, CD Projekt Red can't, quote, jump the gun ahead of Sony on Cyberpunk 2077 PS5 announcement from Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. <laughs> this was, again, this, at the same uh, earnings call. They reaffirmed the Xbox One versions of the game will be upgraded to the Series X version once they have created those updates. They just also reemphasized that they're not coming out this year in coordination with the launch of the games or the consoles but when they were asked about whether or not playstation's audience can expect the same they claimed quote they cannot really comment on the policies of pers- first parties before they officially announce anything so i cannot address the playstation part of the question basically can't say if we are can't say if we aren't yep gotta wait for sony yeah. to reveal that info yep they probably will though it probably you it has to right you figure it has to I don't think Sony could possibly allow upgrades to be for pay or buy game over again. I just don't think they could do that. We can only oh my speculate gosh. for now. Brent says he bought God of War 2018 four times. I support that. I assume That's he just impressive. owns four separate copies. And he bought them new <laughs> directly from Sony. He created four PSN accounts and downloaded them all individually from the PSN. Before we get to our main quest, which is all about telling you which games you should be playing while you're quarantined for life, let me tell you about Affable Idiots, which is the brand under which we fall, Respawning Fire, and our uh, other podcast, our sister podcast, AAWI, and also with you. Um, today, we talked all about how to combat loneliness in COVID-19. So if you're feeling a little down or you want to connect with other people, listen to that episode coming out on Thursday. We need your help making sure that we can secure youtube.com slash the name of our podcast. Go to our thingy, go click subscribe. My little Sharpie here, it's a little magenta Sharpie. You go boop, subscribe, gets you all the content that you want on demand. And that's uh, not how subscribing works, but please do it. Just so we can get slash responding fire slash whatever. That's all we ask. And then we also ask, go leave us a review. And then we also ask, Go to patreon.com slash respawning fire where you can support us. You can influence what we play for barf every single month. You can play along with us on game night. We played uh, Rocket League this week and it was a ton of fun. We found a new mode with a bunch of items and shit. And then there's a new mode coming out this week that we might play if we don't discuss another game or before that uh, where we're freaking every single thing makes the ball go faster and automatically home towards the, mo- the goal. Looks fun. And finally, you get that really Sounds cool, impossible. sexy uh, Animal Crossing uh, wallpaper. So sexy. And then sexy. every other wallpaper we've ever released comes out. Uh, you can go back and download those as well. So please go support us in one of those three ways, either by subscribing, leaving us a review, or headed to patreon.com slash respawn. Aim, fire, but Holden. What? We have a subscriber interrogative that we've turned into a main quest. This comes from Matt 
Vieira. You missed an I in his name. It's V-I-E-I-R-A. Oh, oops. Q-U-A-L-M. Matt, I'm so sorry. I'm so what sorry. What show is that from? So what is that from? Oh, you what? didn't have Nickelodeon's Hey Arnold. Oh, it's okay. a spelling bee episode. Helga throws the, the spelling bee so Arnold can win it. And her dad is pissed. Helga? Qualm. Helga Pataki. Come on, man. Matt from Rhode Island tweeted at us and says, With all the games getting delayed, I've found lots of time to clear out my backlog. Problem is, I'm almost at the end of the games I had planned for. Can you each suggest some, if you haven't, you should, games? Um, Matt, I've taken your question, and I've raised you about, I don't know, 30, 40 games? So, <laughs> yes, basically everything got delayed like crazy. We're not going to be playing The Last of Us. We're not playing Iron Man VR. We're not playing whatever else was supposed to come out anytime soon. And it looks like for the time being, Final Fantasy VII is the last worthwhile release coming out. So what are you going to play in the meantime until everything else comes out? I've put together four separate lists. And I've kind of... We're calling these like essential quarantine games. So everyone's going to be sitting there. You're going to be playing through some things. I put together four lists. One of them is some of my favorite games. So these are like the things that I think are amazing. Everyone should play them. I've got games you should play because there's a franchise with an upcoming release. So like you should play this in preparation for this coming out. I've got a list of just a lot of great things on Game Pass that I think you should check out. And then also... All of our barf games that we've ever done. So you can all you not only go back and play these games, which in themselves are like classic games that everyone should have played or backlog games that everyone should have played, but you can also listen to us discuss them afterwards for about 30 to 40 minutes as well. So, Holden, how do you want to start this discussion? Because I assume you have so similar I, lists. So I have a I have a quarantine games and I have specific picks for Matt. Um quarantine games it broke down into PS4, Switch, Xbox, third party games that I really like a lot because I've played like either beaten them or played so much of them that I feel like I can recommend them. Um, I think the best way to do this, do all your games and then I'll just because I'm sure you're going to cover so much of what I have already put down in my list here. Sure. I'll just kind of fill in any gaps that that uh, I'm different on. Cool. Uh, Let's start with my favorite games. The. The main ones that are like, hey, I'm looking for something to play, or maybe I'm new to video games, or I just got a PlayStation, what should I play? If you own a game console, it has to be a, a well, it has to be a PlayStation, because so many of these are PlayStation exclusive, but if you own a PlayStation, you should have played these games. The Last of Us, obviously. These are in no particular order, but The Last of Us. If you've not played through Bioshock the Collection, 1, 2, Minerva's Den, Infinite, and Burial at Sea, all of that. 100% should do that. It's my favorite franchise of all time now. Go back and listen to our barf episodes about why. I think everyone should play Hellblade, send you a sacrifice. Uh, Spider-Man is an amazing experience, super fun. Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. Even if you haven't played the original three, you can still get a lot of enjoyment from it. Horizon Zero Dawn is a must-play. It's a brand-new IP. Zelda Ocarina of Time. Can't play that on PS4, but it's a standard, one of my favorite games. I think everybody should play Journey. Uh, there are a ton of ways to play it now that it is multi-platform, at least on PC. Uh, God of War 2018, my favorite game of all time. Everybody's Gone to the Rapture is my favorite walking simulator indie game. Makes me ball like a little baby every time. Celeste and Super Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. Now, before you're all like, oh my god, let me write down all of these things. 
My plan is on Tuesday or probably Wednesday, I don't know, whenever I get around doing it, I'm going to tweet out an infographic of just like all of these games in different, like organized in a, in a way. So you can just always come back to the infographic and like check them off a list or whatever you want to do. But I think that's like new to video games or new to a console or like looking for like what game should I absolutely play as a gamer. That's my list of what, 12, 15 of them. Holden, do you have anything to add to that from your list? Go through all of yours. Great. Because you're not getting a lot out of my list. Great. Though, so Some of these are duplicates on these lists. Franchise with upcoming releases. These are really good things if you're like, oh my God, so-and-so is coming out at the end of the year or next year, and I want to play this in preparation for it. Last of Us for part two coming out. Uh, Matt, specifically, we have, I think, six more Halo games to play from the Master Chief Collection in anticipation for Halo <laughs> Infinite. that all of them? <laughs> no, because there's, there's Halo Reach, one, two, three, three ODST, that's five games, four, and five. That's seven games total. Oh, okay. We've so played Reach. One. Okay, gotcha. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, because inevitably Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is coming out. Bioshock Trilogy, this is not for Matt, because I know that he just played all three of these. Bioshock Trilogy, because the fourth game was just announced. Uh, Bayonetta 1 and 2, because we know 3 is coming at some time, even though it was just teased like two years ago, and we haven't seen anything since. Undertale bless you that one's getting multiple sneezes there it is called it <laughs> uh will you refocus your camera real quick when you held up your one finger it got out um undertale yes yeah, so we did a barf of that no you're very blurry now I delta rune is like the spiritual successor sequel looks beautiful oh there's that sharp cool. striking face so yeah, Delta Rune's coming out uh, apparently next year, which is like the spiritual successor to Undertale. Metroid oh, Prime really? Trilogy, yeah, Metroid Prime Trilogy, mm. which is an iffy one because we know Prime Four is coming, but it's also like heavily, heavily rumored that Metroid Prime Trilogy for Switch is coming. So if you have it's an opportunity so, and you have those games, it's not a yeah, it's not official yet. But Nintendo has a big sign in front of their building that just says Metroid Prime, Tri and they haven't finished it yet. Yeah, but yep. like we think it's going to say trilogy that's going to come out. That's not true. I just made that up. That's really stupid. <laughs> Keep going, Chad. And then Hellblade because Senua Saga Two is coming out. Senua Saga Hellblade Two is coming out. And then I'll save the barf list for last. But. Uh, if you have Xbox Game Pass, it's a tremendous value, the best value in gaming. You have a ton of stuff to choose from. I've gone through and picked about 20 games that I think are absolutely worthwhile, 100% everyone should play. Starting with A Plague Tale Innocence. I played that earlier this year, a couple months ago. Very, very good game. Banjo-Kazooie. Devil May Cry 5. Devil May Cry 5. Highly underrated game. Not enough people played it. Dishonored 2. This is the only game I think on this list that I have not played, but... Uh, I've heard really great things about it, and I'm going to play it. Doom 2016. I like Dishonored 1, though. Their hands were too big. <laughs> I didn't play Dishonored 1 <laughs> because the hands on the characters were too big. I knew that was your answer. I just wanted to hear you say yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a ridiculous reason, but I, just, I won't do it. That's why I can't watch no, I totally, like... I totally get it. I totally yep. get it. Uh, Doom 2016. Fable, which I've been trying to make a barf game for a little bit. Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition. If you enjoy Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think you'll get a lot of enjoyment out of Final Fantasy XV as well. I haven't played it since they did the Royal Update, and there's a ton of new stuff apparently, but even the base game itself, I had a ton of fun with. Uh, Gears 5, again, criminally underrated game. This one, Guacamelee 1 and 2. Holden, whose dick do I gotta suck to get you to play this game? You can make it the game that I have to play this year. You could do that. Oh. Uh... 
more to come on that. But yeah, Guacamelee 2 is is pristine platformer. Really funny. Great game. Guacamelee 1 is a little dated because it relies so heavily on meme culture. And so it's very much of the time that it was made. Halo Master Chief Collection. Hellblade. Let's send you a sacrifice again. Hollow Knight, which is one of our barf games. Yeah. It was Holden's Game of the Year two years ago. Mass Effect 1. You can't play the rest of them, but Mass Effect 1. Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, and 5. They're like six bucks a piece. They're backwards compatible. Really cheap. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, and 5 are available on Game Pass. Three, amazing. Two, really good. Five, hands down, one of the best feeling games to play ever. Ori and the Blind Forest and Ori of the Will of the Wisps. Again, kind of like Guacamelee. These are two really, really amazing, great platformers. You should play them. Overcooked 2. Tacoma. Tacoma from the Gone Home creators at Fulbright. This is like a two, three hour experience. Actually, it might be four or five hours, but it's a it's a short experience. It's a really cool sci-fi story about AI. Uh, I think everyone should play too. The Surge 2, everybody, is officially on Xbox Game Pass. If you're a Souls person, if you like Dark Souls, if you like Bloodborne, if you like sci-fi, you should play The Surge 2. If you like Surge 1, it is everything about that more and better. And then finally... What remains of Edith, what remains of Edith Finch, from Giant Sparrow, amazing little indie game, and Wolfenstein One and Two. You should play Wolfenstein One because it gets you to Two, and Two is one of the best first-person shooters ever made. And then hold on, the rest is all of our barf games. So you have like a backlog okay. of like classic things to go through, with commentary from us. What do you got? It's not on those lists. All right, so. Um... I feel like I might have. Some, I'm looking at here, going. Had you not mentioned like going to PS4 Uncharted Four? I did. did you mention Uncharted Four? Yeah, that oh, was okay. in my. That, that was in the very first list. That was the fifth game. Okay, I, I thought mentioned. so. Bloodborne was there too. Bloodborne was not there, but it's a very, very good game, and you should play it if you haven't. So you have Bloodborne. So um, I'm going to go through all the games that I think you should play based on console. So PS4, I just mentioned Uncharted Four and Bloodborne. Also, Wipeout Omega Collection. That's a fun game. I haven't played Omega Collection specifically, but I played 2048, which is in that collection on Vita. Uh, that game is fantastic. It's a really good game. It was the also Last a PS Guardian. Plus game, and it has a VR mode. Yeah, so you most likely have it. Gravity Rush Remastered. This is one of those games where it's like, hey, if you have the time, you have like free time in your hands, it might not have been your first pick, but that game's really cool. And just... Talk about art direction, first of all. Holy shit, the art direction of that game is unbelievable. But it takes you some really fascinating locations that are bizarre, outlandish, and I guarantee you, you'll never see anything like some of the locations in that game. It's got a cat. Ratchet and Clank. It's, it's got, got a, a cat. cat. Matt loves it's got cats. A cat. Ratchet and Clank. I haven't gotten to Matt's games. Matt's games will be the last thing I mention. Uh, it's building up to that. Ratchet and Clank on the PS4, fantastic. So those are all the PS4 games I have. Going to Switch, Breath of the Wild, everyone's got to at least try that game. You got to at least try that game. Super Mario Odyssey. Again, you just got to try It's Mario. You got to at least try it. So good. Breath of the Wild is also on sale right now. I think it's like 40 bucks. Yeah, it's 40 bucks. So you should get that. Animal Crossing New Horizons. I may have said some things about it that were very positive. Not what? in this episode. But in the past, I have said some very positive things about it. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Splatoon 2. Arms. Arms is fantastic underrated game we missed out on the free trial period they just had that was like last week but that game is good Link's Awakening Luigi's Mansion 3 and Captain Toad Treasure Tracker basically just a lot of the game all the games made by Nintendo 
Play all of them. They're really good. <laughs> Every single one of them. Um, for Game Pass, here's the, the... We both went through Game Pass, but here are the ones that I like that stood out to me in Game Pass, although you call that a lot of them. Fallout 4, which is also available on PS4 if you have it there. That's a fantastic game. Chad's Maybe Chad's favorite trilogy games. I'm surprised you didn't mention any of these, Chad. Metro 2033 Redo. I saw Metro those last redo, and then I passed out, <laughs> and then I woke up and continued my list. <laughs> <laughs> and Metro Exodus are all available on uh, Game Pass. They're also all available on PS4, but Game Pass. Minute. Minute is a really good indie game you could probably beat in an hour. But it's fantastic. The game basically, like, think Majora's Mask, you have three in-game days to do a task before time, you have to re- reset time to go back to the beginning again. In Minute, you have 60 seconds to do something to progress you in the game, otherwise you die and have to restart that segment all over again. So it has this, like, really great hecticness to the game, while feeling like a Zelda game at the same time. That's a really good game. That's a really fantastic game. And if it's on Game Pass, you have to pay for it. Absolutely, everyone should play that game. Speaking of everyone must try this game, Outer Wilds is on Game Pass. That game is genius. It's a masterpiece. It's not a game I expect everyone to get into. It's just one of those games that's just, it, it's a little niche. But for me, it's the perfect niche. It's what I love about games. I can't tell you anything about it. You just have to try it and see if it's for you or not. But it's Game Pass, so it's basically free. Super Hot is on Super Game Pass. Hot. The game is so good. And then Untitled Goose Game is also in Game Pass. That's a great game just to kind of get done in three hours. It's hilarious. You'll laugh. You, well, you're not going to cry. You're just going to laugh. It's really funny. Good ending. Uh, moving on to the third party list. This one's pretty short because as I was doing Xbox Game Pass, I kept moving things from the third party list up to the Game Pass because <laughs> I was actually surprised by how many games uh, are third party that are on Game Pass. Rainbow Six Siege. That's a great, great game. Very good game. Hitman, Season 1. I haven't played Season 2, so I can't speak to uh, that game being as good or not. But Hitman Season 1, very good. Very good game. Good time. Titanfall 2, also a great game. Very good time. Campaign, multiplayer, all of it's great. Great campaign. Resident. Great campaign. Resident Evil 7. Get that game. Such a good game. If, it's, if you have VR, it's in VR. Resident Evil 2 remake, obviously, on there as well. Very good game. Dark Souls 3. If you haven't played Dark Souls before, I actually think that's probably a good way to start. Dark Souls 3 plays, and I have not beaten Dark Souls Remastered, mostly because Dark Souls 3 just mechanically feels so good compared to Dark Souls Remastered. That's actually kind of hard to get into Dark Souls for me. Um, But 3 is fantastic. Then we have kind of a twofer here. Uh... Luminous Remastered, if you like puzzle games and you like awesome dance music, then yeah, you need to play Luminous Remastered. But here's the catch. This is why it's a twofer. If you have a Vita, don't get Remastered. Get Electronic Symphony. It's only on Vita. I think it's a better song selection. And it uses the back touchpad to, so you tap to the beat to get bonuses during uh, your play session. It's good shit. And then the last third-party game, which, like Outer um, Wilds, not surprised if you don't want to play this game, but I recommend everyone try it because I think it's really fantastic, and it is not as hard as people think it is. You just have to dedicate a little bit of time to get used to how it plays, and that is Sekiro because it's so fucking incredible. I promise you it is worth it. Power through, learn the game, and you'll realize just how magical that game really is. Oh, man, it's so fucking good. But Matt, 
This is about you. Here are some games for you. Wait a minute, wait a minute, I wait a minute. Your... You didn't do Stadia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't mention Stadia. It's free podcast. for two months. Why not? <laughs> Just play Destiny 2. Let's play Destiny 2, Matt. Let's go play Destiny 2. Picks for Matt. I went through the GG app and went to your want to play section and your shelved section. So maybe you want to go back to some games that you tried earlier. You haven't abandoned them yet. They're shelved. So the first one I actually haven't played. Everything else I've mentioned I have played before. This game, Control, I have not played. Oh, yeah, Control. Why was that not on my list? It, yeah, I feel like I feel so bad that I haven't played it. It's on your watch to play. You should play Control. I'll play Control if you play Control. Because I need an excuse to play that game. I kind of beat Final Fantasy VII first, though. I'm just telling you, Matt. I got to beat it first. Then I will join All you of in this, Control. There's a caveat. Don't play any of these until you play Final Fantasy VII. Like, beat that game. Yeah. All of you. Yeah. Hellblade? What are you waiting for? Play Hellblade. You haven't played Hellblade still, yet, Matt? Come on. Still got to do Final Fantasy VII first. But after that, what are you waiting for? Hellblade. So good. Here's some shelved games that I think you should reopen and play. The first two are both Zelda. Uh, Link's Awakening and Link Between Worlds. Very good games. You should really go back and open those up again. If I were to pick one of the two, I think Link Between Worlds is the better game. But that's just me. I like that game a lot. I actually would return to, to it a few weeks ago and couldn't stop playing it. I kept going, but I can go to this dungeon next. Oh, and if I do this, I can go to that dungeon next. And I just kind of got caught in the loop of that game. So good. Um, Super Mario Odyssey. What happened, Matt? Why did you show Super Mario Odyssey? What happened? Why? You gotta you gotta go do that. You gotta I'm make sure, sure it was a Peach I'm sure it was a he didn't collect all the moons yet, and that's why it shelved. I'm saying if you haven't stopped Bowser from marrying Peach, I'm worried they might be married at this point. Spoilers. And I just feel like you should prevent that from happening if possible. How about their divorce? Whatever it takes, because we can't let that happen. And the last one is you and me both, Red Dead Redemption 2. I got to get back into that game, too. It's a game I love, and I just don't play it for some reason. I, literally, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I think maybe it's just to annoy Dallas, maybe. I have no idea. That's not true, Dallas. That's not true. But I do want to play that game. And you should, too. You should, too, Matt. Dope. That's, that's the list. That's everything. And then finally, we have that's the list all of, of all of our barf games, which is the backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends games. That we've been doing for the last like year and a half, two years, something like that. maybe more. I don't remember. Our I first two one, and a half years now. Our first one was on episode thirty-eight. Yep, it was Bioshock, wasn't We're it? Metroid, it was Super, it's Super Metroid. Metroid. Then um, Bioshock. So here's that list of games, it, not in order because I haven't put them in order yet. But these are all the idea of a backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends game is that it's something classic from video game history that we haven't played for some reason that we're just now jumping into. Or something like personal from our backlogs that we really wanted, or we wanted the other person experience, or something like that. Super Metroid, do it. Bioshock, the whole trilogy. Earthbound, Metro 2033, Super Mario RPG, that's just my jam. Deus Ex Mankind Divided, Resident Evil, the original. Heavy Rain, Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest. Jason. Jason. Press X to Jason. I just let the video recommend it on YouTube, and I just died. I'm like, let me watch this. This is hilarious. <laughs> it was incredible. Castlevania Jason. Symphony of the Night. And make sure that you get the secret ending that unlocks the second half of the game, basically. Zelda Ocarina of Time. Hollow Knight. God of War 2018. Metal Gear Solid 1. Banjo-Kazooie. Far Cry 4. 
The Surge. <laughs> I forgot we played Far Cry 4. Far Cry 4, we both agreed. We don't have to beat this, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Borderlands 2, Donut County, Kingdom Hearts 1, uh, Undertale, Doom 2016, Titanfall 2, The Last Guardian, Near Automata, and Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Again, those are all mostly classics that I think everyone in video games should have some kind of experience with. And we have audio from us, uh, and we've played them. I've played them mostly to their their fullest. Holden's played about half of them to their fullest. <laughs> uh, and what's cool is that I've actually gone and taken all the ones that we've that we've actually started doing separate barf episodes. I've actually made a playlist on YouTube of those 13 right now. So if you're curious and you're just like, I want to go, you can just go to our YouTube channel, click on playlists, and there's a barf playlist. And I'm going to figure out a way to cut out the segments from the other episodes and make them a part of it too. So, whew. I hope that was what you wanted. Games. Careful what you wish for, Matt, because we we provided. <laughs> we gave him anything way too many games it's yeah. like when you're on netflix and you're just like i, I can't decide what i want to watch because there's just too much there but here's the, the thing same problem you had before i'm assuming most people who are listening to this podcast have played about uh, maybe half of those games they've played half of those yeah games. there are a lot of these games that i would have never played had it not been for barf That's, I, barf is one of my favorite things because it's making me play games that i know i've always wanted to play but i haven't i do want to add a caveat to it us having the barf list in conjunction with games you should play for quarantine. Don't play Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Don't play that one. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't do that one. Don't do that one. Um, that one was not... Yeah. Mm, yep. no, stay away. Yep. Anyway, everything else, great. Everything else is great. If you have anything that we missed, tweet us at Respawn Aim Fire. Uh, finally, we're going to Game On Game Show, the Game On Our Game Show where we play a game on our show called Game On Our Game Show. Game, 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 game. Because I made it up right before, the quickest one to make up is now flesh it out. Now flesh it out. Now flesh it out. Yeah. We take two types of games, or two different games, and we decide what it would look like if they were married together and had a child. Uh, Holden, I only have three pairs, again, because of the time That's constraint. Okay. I'm but assuming Animal Crossing is one of them. We're going to start with Animal Crossing New Horizons and Soul Calibur. What would those two games look like together? So... I have to tilt a tangent. So for Animal, we have an Animal Crossing game right now, and the biggest challenge for me is coming up with a game to play when we do game night for Animal Crossing, because otherwise we're just going to be like fishing with each other, basically. But I'm like, no, we have to do like, a game of some kind. And th there it is. You are making a fighting arena as a part of your island, and then every week we just gather together and do Soul Calibur fights with Animal Crossing villagers. <laughs> And that's what it is. It's just Animal Crossing I with just like DLC see somebody, pack for Soul Calibur. Yep, I want to see somebody beat the shit out of Blathers. I want to see somebody cut his fucking head off. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. He can't because he's sponsoring the event and he needs to run the museum. He can't do that. No. But if someone wanted to punch like, I don't know, maybe CJ or Red. Red's not in that. this game, Holden. It's Animal Crossing New Horizons. He, he could be very soon. Be very soon. Uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of just want to see a brawler where all of these adorable animals, kind of like Happy Tree Friends. Did you ever watch Happy Tree Friends? Yeah, I'm aware of Happy Tree Friends. Yeah, it's, it's just, I just want to see cute animals just rip each other apart. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> oh God, and that, and this, the idiot, not idiotic, but like annoying animals that were on my island, like. 
are you ready to squat or are you ready to work out? I'm ready to work out. I was like, dude, shut up. Is this literally the only thing you talk about? I'm ready to see you hang. Do they hang people I, in Soul I, Calibur? <laughs> I don't know. I forgot to mention during playtime about Animal Crossing, and this needs to be said. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm sorry, uh, Chad. But Matt and I found out that one of my villagers, was it Matt or is it Dallas? I can't remember. I think it was Matt. Just I'm what is sure it? It, Matt. it doesn't matter who it was. Just okay. what is it? <laughs> Kurt. There's this guy, Kurt, my town, and we're pretty sure that he's making meth in his home. It looks dumpy when you walk in there. There's all sorts of like pots and pans that are being lit, and then there's a giant trash bin that has some sort of steam coming out of it. His place is messy and gross, and I think he's making meth in my town, and I don't know what to do about it. That's okay. All. First of all, all, how dare you make assumptions based on the cleanliness of someone's room that it's a meth house? Have you oh, seen no, no, no. Breaking it was, Bad? It, it was the be equipment. Very clean. It was the equipment that was in there as well. There were gas burners. Maybe he's a chemist. Mm, Come on, don't, don't you make assumptions. All right, next up, we've got Halo crossed with Frogger. What does Halo and Frogger look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like the worst first-person shooter ever made because whenever you jump it, your Frogger as Master Chief basically just jumping around trying to shoot the Covenant, and it's really <laughs> hard when you're jumping up and down like that. So every, it's a failed game, actually. There's a game where every time you move forward, it is like a hop. It is like a leap, and it's obnoxious. I don't remember what it is, but it's something I've played relatively recently. Hmm. But Was it but yeah, XCOM? You're just, you're just jumping. No, I don't play XCOM. I'm not in that strategy <laughs> shit. I know it's on XCOM. But yeah, it's it's Halo and you're just you're constantly leaping, which is basically multiplayer Halo from what I remember yeah, but a it, long ass time ago. But you're jumping high up though. It's <laughs> your frogger. So He's far frog. that your bullets really don't jump. even do damage because you're yeah, so far away. Exactly. You have the challenge <laughs> is timing your shot. So like you jump up in the air, you position yourself, then when you're at the right height, then you start shooting because then you'll spray them as you go down. That's how it works. It's very challenging. Yeah. But it's very rewarding. It doesn't need an easy mode. That's for pussies. I would, you know what? That'd be fun to see that unlocked as like a skull in Halo. How to like a frogger jump. Yep. <laughs> and then finally, we have Resident Evil 2 remake and Final Fantasy 7 remake. If we were to remake both of these games as one, what would that look like? I mean, an easy one. Is you just keep Resident Evil 2 Remake exactly as is. No differences at all. Except for one small thing. When a zombie comes to attack you, you don't stab him with a little knife. You just randomly pull out the buster sword and stab zombies <laughs> with that. And that's the only difference. It it still hurts them just as the same. They don't they just like knocked back a little bit by the buster sword, even though it basically impaled their entire head. But doesn't matter. It's just the little bus, it's giant bus sword hits them. It's supposed little knives. Oh my gosh, you know what though? Like, this just got an idea jogging my like I would love to play a Resident Evil RPG. How freaking cool would that be? Like, even just like a turn based JRPG where it's Resident Evil, you come across zombies and you gotta like, you gotta manage, like, you have a certain number of bullets you can shoot or a certain number of like hits with a baseball bat. And then you also be like, there are five zombies in this fight. I gotta run from this fight. And then somehow not get it randomly generated. Like that could be really cool. So maybe how it would work is 
you're still going through the halls trying to avoid because random encounters would be a mess. Yeah, in that kind of style of game, but you can see the zombies walking around, and if they lunge at you and attack you and grab you, it initiates the battle. I like that idea. But you can still see him on the map, like a Chrono yeah. Trigger style. Yeah. Have we played? Have you ever Mr. played Chrono X? Trigger? No, I haven't. That how should be a barf game. Would, how would Mister X play into this? Could that be a random encounter? Like what every if, once in a while, like. Oh, gotcha. So yeah, pops like. Up. So there's a in Dragon Warrior Three slash Dragon Quest Three in Japan. There's a. There's a secret, like, ultimate weapon for your fighter. If you go to the bottom of a pyramid and you go and collect it, and then in order to get out of the pyramid after you've picked it, like, you pick up this weapon and it's cursed. And every single space is an enemy encounter on your way out of the pyramid. And you just got to tough it out and not die to get back to the beginning of it to get out with this really awesome, powerful weapon. And I feel like that's it with mr x it's just like you're you're close to the end of the game or something's happening or there's a there's a sequence and every space you have an encounter with mr x like fuck and you can either successfully run away from it or you shoot him enough to stun him or like put him out that time and then the next space boom he's right back there that's not that much different than undertale with the spider boss where you're kind of walking through her little cavern area and she'll kind of come and chase you from behind Uh uh-huh and when she catches up to you then you get the encounter Hmm. I like that idea. I like it a lot. I mean, there. I'm actually surprised there hasn't been a survival horror RPG before because resource management is really important in RPGs. I kind of feel like that's something that is missing in some RPGs where you just have too much of everything, so you don't really ever have to worry about your inventory management. What if Mr. You know, X was a summon in Final Fantasy VII, though? How cool would that be? Because <laughs> have you be have you gotten a summon yet in Seven Remake? No, I haven't. I love the way that they handle summons in this game. I love it so much. But we'll save that for a further discussion with nerds at large. Yeah. That's it for your game on game show, and that is it for our episode this week. Ooh, we are pushing some long episodes recently. We um, are. But thank you for listening, everyone. Please again go subscribe on our YouTube channels. Share them with your friends and tell them to subscribe. Make extra accounts and subscribe then. <laughs> and uh, go review us on our podcast services and patreon.com slash respawn aimfire if you want to play along with us every single week on Thursdays. That's it for episode 156. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned. Twitch.tv slash idiots. And until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Achoo! 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 Get it? That's you. That's my impression of you.